Richard, hello there. Hello, Paul. Why such melancholy here? Well, the madness is over. The season is finished. What are we going to do? Sit down. Have your coffee. Because there's still... Calcio. Calcio. And coffee. And coffee. Well, Richard, this should cheer you up. Because we have our headlines from our newspapers. Very good. Yes, look at that. The real original material from Monday's Gazzetta Udinese. Il bel gioco in Champions. The beautiful football in the Champions League. Well, the preliminary round at least. But they've made it. Udinese have made it. To the preliminary round. Hard fought 0-0 draw against Milan. It was actually, wasn't it? Because Milan, we thought they would go there in party mood and be dancing around the pitch. But in fact not. They really caused uh, Udinese quite a few problems. Tackles flying in. All very impressive stuff. Yeah, and the Pato (laughs) out again for another, what... Four weeks. Months. Oh, four, four weeks. Three to four weeks, apparently. Okay. It was a genuine competitive match. All credit to Udinese. They deserve that fourth place. Um, I'm just a little bit worried about the preliminary round who they draw. Could be Bayern Munich, Arsenal, Villarreal. And so, I think those teams will be thinking the same about Udinese. Well, you know my thoughts on that. Um, I don't think many Udinese players will be there <laughs> next season. <laughs> Ingler, Sanchez... Zampata. That way, at the end of the match, Giampaolo Pozzo, the president, when he was on the pitch, said, We want 20,000 here next season. Yeah. Even <laughs> if it's free. Yeah. I said, Why would it be free? Because there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah. And then we went to Tuesday's Gazzetta. Look at this for a title. Instead of Walter Mazzari or Walter Mazzari, we yeah. have Walzer Mazzari. Walzer. The yeah. Waltz. Yeah, it was a bit confusing and there for a moment because I, I thought it was. Walter Mazzari was the headline so I thought like the uh, the headline writer had been told give me a, a, a Walter Mazzari headline <laughs> not literally uh, it, but it was Walter Mazzari Mr De Laurentiis woke up on Monday morning with a really sore head got out of the bed on the wrong side and uh, Julie sacked him apparently. then got in touch with Giampiero Gasparini met him in a pub somewhere in Piemonte <laughs> well, it wasn't really, because um, De Laurentiis uh, was in Rome, refused to to go to the, uh, the Football League meeting, w- was working on bringing in Gasparini. Gasparini's agent travelled to Rome, travelled to uh, De Laurentiis' offices, and apparently there was a contract waiting for him. And then uh, in the meantime, Mazzari woke up also with a sore head, but a different kind after all the celebrations for Napoli finishing third and was told, oh, your services aren't required anymore because, you know, you won't commit to our plan. It seems like you're not really into it, are you? So you can go and you've got a a coach anyway, so you're unemployed. And Gasparini, though, through a spanner in the works, he said, I don't want Mazzari on the contract. I want his contract rescinded because his shadow is cast very long. And I know that if I don't get everything working perfectly at the start of the season, I'll be asked to leave and Walter will be invited back in, thus completing the waltz. Exactly. And also, uh, these waltzes, uh, they cost a lot as well (laughs) because... he had uh, two years of his contract remaining, six million euro gross to be paid up. So obviously, you know, it wasn't that easy just to get rid of him. So then they set up the meeting in Rome. This is where this Riccardo Bigon came in, the sporting director of Napoli. And he didn't say Bigon Mazzari, he said, be here. Well, he was there, he's sort of like um, 
uh, marriage counsellor, wasn't he? <laughs> really? <laughs> to sit in with those two hard-headed uh, individuals. Egomaniacs. Let's call them egomaniacs. Well, they hadn't spoken for two months. And we've talked about this before, how um, De Laurentiis ignored uh, Mazzari on the plane, on the flight back from um, Lecce. And even at the, the Champions League celebrations, they ignored him as well. So imagine they were going to be locked in a, a room together for about four or five hours. So Ricardo <laughs> Bigon was there all the time. Six hours they were actually locked exactly. in the room. They thrashed out the new two-year project. This is De Laurentiis. He loves putting a number of years on these projects. It's a two-year project within the new five-year rolling project. Exactly. It sounds like the old Soviet Union. <laughs> Very <laughs> <laughs> because Mazzari has taken the team ahead of plan. Exactly. And so they have to rejigger their plans and they're going to buy four players and Mazzari's happy. Yeah, and he got he got a new contract, but uh, it was all Mazzari's fault. He got ahead of the plan. <laughs> Stick to the plan. <laughs> Talking Crazy about stuff. plans, here we've got a recurring theme through the headlines from Sunday, Monday through to Tuesday. The Gazzetta on Sunday. Conte wants Sanchez. Tutto Sport, Pastore, Juve is there. Then on Monday, Tutto Sport again, Conte now wants Nani. So it was all about Conte, even though Del Nieri was still the coach. <laughs> but in name only. In name only, because something happened. The Guru. <laughs> Juventus are going to change coach. I was informed on Wednesday. It's not my defeat. But I don't feel I've been made a scapegoat. Yes, you have. <laughs> Mr. Del Nieri. Big structures need time to make a leap. Perhaps Juve don't have the patience. I have no regret. Well, Mr. It, Del Nieri. Yeah, his, his guru factors coming through. Big structures need time to yeah. make a leap. Yeah, but... Um, He's fallen off the mountain, hasn't he, really? Read the symbols, Richard. I know, but is he a true prophet? The believers aren't there. They've, they've decided we don't believe anymore in you, Guru. You are a false prophet. Float away on your cloud, because we're getting a sergeant major in. And so after the 2-2 draw with Napoli, to finish his term, his one-year term as Juventus coach, <laughs> Gigi one Del Neri re repeated this concept, or he said, players have arrived here from very different realities. All are good enough to play here in time. Again, the guru factor's coming through. He knows that this change cannot be immediate. He brought in 365 new players. That's one for every day of the year. <laughs> and they need time to, to bed in, not a year. Well, if you think about it, uh, towards the end of the year, where were you in the league? Third, and they'd beaten Milan. They were, they were looking good-ish. Yeah, they were in there, but then the turn of the year fell away to seventh, out of Europe as well. I mean, for a club like Ju Juventus, out of Europe, that's not good enough. You know, Del Neri can say as much time as you need, and he'll have plenty of time uh, sorting out Atalanta. Well, hold on here, because... <laughs> His little quip, me at Atalanta, really, I'm off to the Maldives. Yeah, that's for your summer holidays. He's summer lost holidays. the plot completely. He's not, because yes, it, like, yes. from, from the mountains looking over Turin, there are some gorgeous mountains over Bergamo. But he can float around there. Well, if you think about it, he, he had the opportunity at Roma, blew that, went to Porto and lasted about a week. The guy is better off at these mid-table clubs or, or a club that he can build f 
from the lower reaches and, and really surprise everybody, such as Sampdoria last season. And obviously, you know, he made his name at Kievo. So I think he's, he's going to find his level. Let me tell you here. And Bergamo. <laughs> they, have, they have made him the scapegoat because he didn't buy all the players. That was his partner in crime, Beppe Marotta. It was Marotta who stabbed him in the back. The president also was very much part of the plans. I know, but this is the importance of having a coach that can, uh, against uh, the odds, turn things around. Now, he was able to do that at Sampdoria because the players believed in him and they knew, okay, we're, he's going to take us places. Obviously, the Juventus players and the club then decided this guy, we made a big mistake. So, who pays at the end for the big mistakes? And so in comes Antonio Conte. Tough. Marching in, soldier! I think, listen, listen, I think his, I'm hair, his hair will be falling out in clumps <laughs> again because of the stress. It won't, because it's artificial. Parola del Presidente! Like a phoenix from the flame, there is no defeat without victory. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no Juventus in Europe for the first time in on 20 years. Hurrah! Andrea Agnelli says... Yeah, it's true. On the official Twitter, Juventus <laughs> oh, Twitter. No, he's just, like, so young. Why? He said, Why is he so young? Because he didn't say... He typed, if the Fiji Chi, so that's the football authorities... Yeah, the federation. The football federation, mm. takes a year to answer our Juventus query, then perhaps they don't have a clear conscience. Well, the, the problem there was that uh, their query... They put it up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and the VGG missed the timeline. Yeah, but they didn't see it. <laughs> so what was he complaining about? The 2005-2006 ti- title. Oh, yawn. Um, <laughs> and no, then the president of the VGG, he said, the, F- the Italian Football Federation, he said, we'll get back to you pretty soon, Andrea. Oh, oh, they did reply to them? Yes, they did. They said, if you consider that, yes, you sent us your tweet on the 10th of May last year, but we haven't finished putting it all together yet. It was only on the 22nd of April this year that the final tapped phone calls were accepted by the courts in Naples. So, um, Agnelli and Juventus, they they were querying why the 2005 the title was left there as a little orphan given to no one and why Inter were given the 2006 title so they want that 2006 title taken away from Inter that's what they're they want it they're, back they don't want it yeah. taken away from it they want it back well they want it taken away from Inter and back to them yes because <laughs> then they are the have champions they set up, have they set up a Facebook page <laughs> demanding the title back <laughs> <laughs> the Facebook group <laughs> well, from where Abete was speaking down in Rome He's the uh, the president of uh, the federation. Yes, mm. there will be a new arrival, and we do not need to translate this man's words. My, my goodness, what does that mean? <laughs> I have no clue what you're because talking about. Benedetto there. doesn't speak Italian. The man from the antitrust. He say yes. Yep. The Benedetto's in power. So um, the Americans are coming with dollars and dollars. And uh, wasn't it a, a touching moment? after the match between Roma and Sampdoria when Rosella Sensi was presented with a big bunch of flowers 
that uh, Francesco taught it stolen from somebody's garden <laughs> <laughs> saying thanks for that five yeah. year five million a year contract you gave me last well, year well I mean she's, she's a Roman through and through she was very tearful and the, as the rest of the players came up and gave her a big sweaty hug as well they just and come off the pitch they were dripping <laughs> she wished the Benedetto the best yeah. with the mess yeah. she had left <laughs> exactly good luck when he opens the safe <laughs> there's like a note there's nothing left <laughs> in fact you owe so much money statistics statistics here's the first one 607 607 that's a big number of what kicks Alexis Sanchez received throughout the year <laughs> <laughs> No, they're joking. Even though even Yepes was too slow to even kick him. <laughs> exactly. On Sunday. Um, Thiago Silva wasn't too slow to kick him. 607 injuries throughout Serie A. Wow. Before the final week, so that's before Pato's shoulder popped. Now, is that a lot? It seems a lot, doesn't it? Does it does seem a lot. Yeah. Yes. Now, what would that be down to? What could it be down to? A lot of them were from the pitches. Yes. We're back to that discussion again. How bad are the pitches in Serie A? They're terrible. That's the answer. Because I was up in Udine, and perhaps that is the most decent pitch at this time of year. And is it because there is no roof, and you have the mountaineers swooping in? Possibly. And another factor is that um, uh, there's only Udinese play on that pitch. The San Siro, Inter Milan, Roma Lazio, the Olimpico. I don't think you're giving much you know. credence there to the Porto Groaro in Serie B. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big they games actually, of Italian yeah. football. Do they actually play there? <laughs> Do they actually play? But yeah, it could be that um, that factor as well, because it's a big open space. If you think about the uh, the Marassi in Genoa, closed in right in the centre of the city, and that pitch is a disaster zone. And uh, also San Siro, not great either. And uh, they're all really closed uh, stadiums. So that could be something. Well they probably won't even think about and the injuries will continue and I'll tell you what we'll see it next year at the Friuli Stadium because they're going to bring everything closer to the pitch they're going to put a roof on it and we can have the acid test on the pitch quality surface right we'll find out about that next season I've got a good stat for you 50 games that Clarence Seedorf demands to play 50 30, out of 57 38 in the league that's every game as a starter yeah Nine Champions League matches right through to the final and one Cup Italia game, the final. And he's also demanded that he's carried onto the pitch on a gold-plated throne <laughs> by Polynesian maidens. Galliani said the only other player he's met who has demanded a certain number of appearances throughout the season is Klinsman. Yeah, that when he was in talks with Milan and then he ended up moving to Inter. Inter. And it looks like Clarence has been... Uh, <laughs> He's been full of himself, really, hasn't he? <laughs> but I think he'll probably stay for another season. Yes, yeah, I think he will. The, yeah, really, because uh, Galliani's been signing him up all week. Really, apart from Pirlo. Unless Galliani just doesn't want him to leave, because that means that he has to really work throughout the summer. And I think Galliani wants a summer holiday. He's not going to get one, is he? Milan aren't going to get one. They're going to be back at training the 12th of July. That's... Uh, squad needs to be uh, reinforced I think they need another striker as well if you think Pato's always going to be injured and there's word that Cassano could be on his way he's not too happy with uh, having to actually follow rules 
<laughs> and the most clamorous news of all, Jose Mourinho wants Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, that, or is that, that just Raiola wanting to be exactly? It is. Over it's, the front pages it's that, again. at that time again where Ibra's name pops up, and uh, his agent is thinking of that fifteen percent, the yearly fifteen percent. Move him on. <laughs> and if he doesn't move on, we'll move on Balotelli anyway. <laughs> Another one, twenty. First time five teams have won 20 games or more in Serie A and you know who those five teams are, the five teams that finished in the top five. Good to see, plenty of victories in the, in the top flight. And we can expect more of it now that the TV rights squabble. Apparently they've reached an agreement that the money will be shared on the positions at the end of the season. And so teams like Cagliari now have this desire to earn some more money because the president Chilino was like come on guys you can have some of this keep on playing don't switch off halfway through March yeah <laughs> great idea isn't it that is a, that's an excellent idea because as you say Cagliari Bologna those teams as soon as they're safe that's it ah uh, we can't be bothered anymore we'll, do, we'll put on our kits we'll go out there but don't expect much from us episode <laughs> Ah, Bologna, you mentioned, Richard. Bologna. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> who's the president? Who knows? Who's the sporting director? Who knows? Who's putting the money in? Who knows? Who's Who the coach? Who cares? But perhaps all of this difficulty stems from the parking incident. Now, we've, we've touched on this before, the players with their disabled stickers. There is now a fall guy, however. Really? Who's that? The captain, Marco Di Vaio. Oh, really? Parking his car in the restricted parking spaces in the city centre between the famous two towers. Right. <laughs> 45 parking tickets <laughs> amassed throughout the year. He didn't, obviously didn't want to pay them. He even bought himself a new car. <laughs> To disguise himself. I mean, how much is a parking ticket? Yeah, and how much is it, a new Porsche? Yeah, exactly. 80 euros for the parking ticket. Is it cost effective? That's the first question you've got to ask him. He then persuaded Marilena. That is the actual disabled person. The disabled person, who is a bona fide disabled person, to sign a document saying that she was present every time he picked up a fine. And that meant that the fines were annulled there and then by the council. Uh, I wish uh, that um, the Bologna could be this sort of smart on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be in the, the Champions League easily. His conscience started screaming at him, and under pressure from investigation by the local... That, that's the real reason. <laughs> Forget about his conscience. The local traffic wardens. Yeah, coming round. <laughs> a group of them outside his house. He admitted that, yes, Marilena had never been with him once. Yeah. And so he now Good has to play. pay the four to five parking tickets plus the added interest. And plus he's got two cars now and only one garage. <laughs> but there were, there were very few um, episodes on the pitch because most, most of the players, had, as we'd said before, had switched off and there was only one real game that, that was worthwhile. Well, Lecce Lazio. Well, there's Lecce Lazio, but obviously, as we've said before, Udinese Milan. And the episode in that was um, Zampata's flying challenge on Pato that dislocated Pato's shoulder. What was that all about? 
The ball comes to Pato, Zampata comes flying in from behind, sent him flying through the air, and uh, it could well be out of the Cup yeah, America. That was on, episode you can't blame Zapata. There were tackles flying in no, all the way through the match. Most footballers <laughs> know how to fall. Pato is the only one who can fall, and Poppy's shoulder. Oh, goodness me. Hopefully, and even all the hopefully Barb's give him a kiss. <laughs> all the Milan players, as soon as they fell over, they're like, oh no! He's obviously damaged himself yeah. somehow. Biscuit and man. screaming over at the bench to bring on the medical staff. They knew as soon as he falls over, he's, that's him, gone. My precious, the alchemist. So, Delio Rossi, in the rain... With his not so watertight defence, <laughs> or, or even wearing a even wearing a raincoat. Did you see him after the match against Kievo? It's because he believes his potions can keep him dry. <laughs> yeah, I have just drank a water repellent potion. He's, just, he's very porous, isn't he? And he's d- destroyed another good suit. Good suit, Well, okay, okay, a robe. Anyway, after that defeat, the three-one defeat against Kievo, when we saw basically the Palermo side that will play in the cup final due to suspensions. Good luck to them. He said, "On Sunday, we have a huge responsibility. It could be a historic match, not only for Palermo, but for a part of Italy." Hail the South. Hail the South. Well, even more so, hail Sicily. The Deep South. The Deep South. And uh, he'll he'll definitely have to brew up some potions then (laughs) for for Sunday. Or otherwise we could see one of the... uh, the, the greatest one-sided cup finals in the history of Italian football. But then you never know, you've got these young bucks going into their first cup final. Young bucks. <laughs> Delio Rossi has said, like, when we need to keep possession of the game, try and control the match, we're useless, we don't know what to do. But when we play our football and go out and attack, then we're one of the best teams. Yeah. yeah. And they'll go out there and say, we must win this, we've got to go out and play it, we've got yeah. to try and win it. And they'll turn on the style, and you never know. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, Udinese will testify to that. <laughs> Put seven past them as Palermo went flying <laughs> forward. So, Paul, anything else about the alchemist? Only that he was one of the few coaches not mentioned by Allegri, perhaps because of his cloak of invisibility, and one of the most popular programmes on Italian television. Allegri decided to give his opinion on coaches... Yeah, coaches and players. And players. And just it shows what happens when, when you win the title. Unassuming Massimiliano Allegri. After his barbecue, <laughs> yeah, however, on Thursday, it. he had his barbecue, remember, at Milanello. He brought in all the meat, the hamburgers, yeah, the sausages. The like, yeah. Yeah. He was wearing the shades. Yeah. Drank one glass of uh, red wine too many. <laughs> the cameras snapped onto him and then he started to speak with the truth serum in his blood. Well, yeah, so he was talking about um, the coaches. So he said, Leonardo is too much of a gentleman. He's also the most handsome. Did he say that? Yes, he did. Uh, Del Nieri, stuck in his ways. (laughs) He got that spot on, really. Mazzari, very touchy. And we know there's uh, not a great feeling between those two. (laughs) And then he went on to the players. He said, Rubinho, he's a clown. A positive clown. Right? Yeah, he's a, he's a joker. Then he said, Cassano is funny in his own way. Which means... He's not funny he's at not all. He's not funny at all. <laughs> and you could just, just imagine when... Too much is like, yeah. well, it's too much. When, when a Cassano walks away, everybody goes, what a... Blonker. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Pato, strangely enough, spoiled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sure Barbies won't be too pleased with that. Uh, Flamini, skirt chaser. No. Yeah, he says he he's the one who gets all the girls. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he has to work harder to get the girls. He's and then, chase the rest of the to chase. And then, then he was asked about his contribution to the, the title. He said, 5%. What a big head. You know, it's like playing. Oh, I, you know, I had hardly anything to do with it. It was all these great players. And then... Is that not honesty, Richard? No. <laughs> <laughs> then, he was, then he was asked, um, commies? Yes, please. <laughs> he goes, none. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> But did they not also mention a former Inter coach? Of course, Josie Mourinho, and he left the best to last. Tell me. And he said, Mourinho, he's pathetic. Ooh. He just repeats the same things and he, he dresses them up. And I said to Mr Allegri, be very careful what you say. Yes, because we know Allegri's <laughs> words inside out this year. Exactly. And he says Talking basically about the same this. thing. <laughs> going to be a difficult match yeah it's a difficult game we're way to Barry yeah that's going to be a difficult game oh my goodness me be very (laughs) careful Banner of the week the first from Udine was Il Re di Udine yes Richard you've made it all the way up to Friuli (laughs) yes the king of Udine now who is that I wonder my favourite banner though was Ciao Tina oh. from the Milan fans. Really? Because, yeah, I thought that must be because then Pirlo waved to them, and I thought maybe that is the Milan fans' nickname for Andrea Pirlo or one of Silvio Berlusconi's little friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then they unfurled the banner for Pirlo. Thanks, Andrea, for ten marvelous years. Yeah, and now, no, <laughs> Pirlo no, no, went no. over the end of the match, and again the tears running down his cheek. The banners were one thing, but what I thought was the best thing was the the Genoa fans celebrating Sampdoria's relegation to Serie B. Funeral procession yeah, through the city. It was funeral procession, more like Mardi Gras, ah, with nuns and trumpets, yeah, and beads and and, and floats. And uh, some of the the nuns were pretty amazing. I don't know what holy order they were <laughs> from, but I'd the like holy. to join that holy order. I tell you, <laughs> Dobbs and flops. <laughs> so it's not so easy to find our flops in a weekend when not every player was trying their hardest. But there's always three. <laughs> We've got to look here at teams conceding goals too easily. And one of those was uh, Palermo, as we've said. So pick one defender. <laughs> well, we consider the two. The two fullbacks are basically attacking fullbacks and they're not so concerned about defending. So you've got Munoz and Goyan, two central defenders. Munoz is 19 years old in his first year in Serie A. He needs some guidance. Goyan didn't give it. No, and he's just a, a tall piece of wood. He scored the winning goal <laughs> against Milan oh, that, that's... to reopen the Serie A title. Yeah, and so that, that's, his, that's his claim to fame. So, yeah, he had a, a pretty terrible game. Warmed up well for the cup final one would say didn't they <laughs> <laughs> just wondering how he coped with Samuel at all so good news for Goyan and Palermo also number two Portanova of Bologna yeah he was running around with a disabled sticker on his back against <laughs> <laughs> Barry just looking for a parking space <laughs> yeah and he, he parked himself right in the centre of the pitch and didn't move the whole game and uh, a, a guy had already booked his uh, summer holidays way back in March 
<laughs> Finally, number one, Mr. Invisible, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He didn't even play at the weekend. <laughs> he didn't play the weekend. Apparently, he's got he's, he's got a foot injury. Right, suffering from itchy foot. <laughs> oh, itchy foot to uh, meaning um, itchy foot to hightail it to Madrid. No, <laughs> just to go on his holidays. <laughs> I was up in the commentary box at the stadium. You saw all the Milan players coming into the, the main stand, the VIP part of the stand, and they all sat down. We had Ambrosini. Even um, Jankulowski. Jankulowski was there. Antonini was there, one of the stars. Zambrotta. Pirlo, Pirlo, Nesta chatted all the way through the first half. No, Slatan. No, Slatan didn't make the trip. It is a long haul. I've got to say, four hours there. Yeah, especially you've got itchy feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, everyone's saying, well, Slatan, he could be our top of the season, couldn't he? He could be up there. Well, definitely could be up there. But at the same time, he ended the season with 14 goals. That's his lowest tally since he scored seven he hasn't for Juve in 2005 06. Yeah, so if you're talking about the whole season, He's you know, he's played he meant, six months out of nine. Exactly. And, you know, even Francesco Totti scored more goals than him. Tops! Sticking with Milan, we could go for Kevin Prince Boateng. Yeah, who's signed a new deal. Well, not signed a new deal. They've signed him outright. They have eventually but signed him outright. Some, was it seven million? Plus lots of players oh, coming yeah. and <laughs> yeah. going. It's just like Preziosi just does it because when the tax man comes and he sees this list of 300 pages of player after player who's come, who's gone, who's part of the ownership, loan deal, the tax man just says, OK, just give us a lump of money. That'll do. Plus he gets, uh, he probably get five or six players. Soccer. Papastotopoulos yeah well he already had those I think they'll be heading but he'll probably get Merkel and Strasser and uh, a few other youth team players he's actually got Beretta the young striker he made his debut the other week at the San Siro against Cagliari that's right yeah that's uh, a yeah, young player 18 year olds and a bright future for him but my, my main top for Milan was the other player involved in the deal and he was the stumbling block Marco Melia Preziosi said the deal was that Milan take half of Amelia after the loan which half the top or bottom <laughs> probably the hands yeah, that's right. it, okay the hands in because Amelia doesn't jump for yeah crosses. that's true great save against uh, Di Natale great saves yeah. not Roman. only the penalty there was also the reflex save inside the box mm-hmm. and overall he was one of the Milan players who said look this is a competitive match I'm looking for a new club hello Udinese exactly yeah if the, Samir ever leaves those big Roman hands were all over the box and guess who was the only <laughs> Milan player speaking after the match? Marco! He even speaks to his own shadow and his shadow gets bored. So where, where have you got him? He's third top. He is the third top. And number two? Francesco Grandolfo. Now there's a name to conjure with. And how do you conjure with? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that, wasn't he in the Lord of the Rings? He was indeed. <laughs> the <laughs> long beard and the big stick. Staff. Is yes. that what it's called, yeah? Staff. Or was that uh, Delio Rossi? But um, this is the younger version of Gandalf. Well, it's Grandolfo, isn't it? Ah, that's right. Yeah. So um, the youngest player in European history in the top leagues to score a hat-trick on his starting debut. Yes. Right. Be careful there, because he had played two segments of matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on as a sub. That's commonly known as. Yes. <laughs> well, you don't like my mathematical terminology. <laughs> well, I think you, know, you should turn into the guru I'm at this speaking stage. pie charts. They <laughs> said his, the most emotional moment was when he came on as a sub against Lecce. His home debut at the San Nicola. Playing against Lecce, side were beaten, but still, that shows how much of a bad man he is. And then he scored his hat trick. 18 years old and 300 days. Player who previously held the record was Jeremy Menez. 
yeah. back in 2005 and look what happened to him so <laughs> Grandolfo watch out and Grandolfo he bases his game on Gilardino so obviously when he's still in his mid-twenties we'll be talking about his potential <laughs> <laughs> well obviously comparing him to another player from but even though it's not from Barry Vecchia he's been compared to Cassano for his, his goal touch I think the comparison stopped there because he's a good Grandolfo boy and he can, he can actually <laughs> string words together exactly. at 18 years old yeah. Cassano just can't even at 29 yes <laughs> Top of the tops, I was toying with Tommaso Rocchi. Well, I would never toy with him. <laughs> <laughs> he's played two matches and he's looked back to his best. You just wonder yeah. if, if he'd been fit and willing to uh, play <laughs> throughout the season. Instead of just taking off and saying, oh, no, I don't want to be fourth choice. What would the lads have done? <laughs> i tell you who my top would be. Who? Nagatomo. Playing him at left back. But uh, Leonardo Sturm at right back, which could suggest that uh, maybe Douglas Mycon could be on his way at the end of the season. He scored a cracking goal. It took a slight deflection, but it was a cracking goal. Yeah, and he was up and down like uh, one of Silvio Berlusconi's good friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, another player who scored a cracking goal, and that's all he ever scores, is actually my real top of the tops, Juan Manuel Vargas. Only because you just like saying Vargas. <laughs> Another amazing goal. And, and with his right foot? Yes, I don't know why Mondolivo doesn't ask him, say, Juan Manuel, can you teach me how to shoot, please? Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, that's really cheered me up. And uh, even though the season's over, a little tear in my eye and a little tear in yours. Or is that just the way you're sitting? <laughs> <laughs> Catch up with your Calcio and Coffee on Twitter, Facebook and iTunes.